Good morning, everyone. Talk Radio 930 WTAD, the Mary Griffith Show, is underway, sponsored by Harvest Ridge Coffee and Refreshment Services Pepsi. I'm on my second cup of Harvest Ridge Coffee today. I guess Monday's just a two-cup day for me. Delivered fresh to you to assure a rich, sophisticated, delicious coffee experience. Pick it up at your local convenience store or get those beans at the grocery store or have them delivered to your office or home Harvest Ridge Coffee. Well, Jeff Dorsey is my guest today, and for years I passively tried to kill him and couldn't get the job done, but today... (laughs) You almost did. I almost did. He uh, almost fell off my beautiful Queen of the Universe chair. Apparently you're not worthy of sitting in my elevated post. I was unaware there were wheels on that. (laughs) Well, Jeff Dorsey joins us today, and uh, we're going to get through this because I think we're... We're probably past the crying. Dennis has been gone now for about six weeks, I guess. Dennis Oliver passed away. He was a great morning show um, companion of ours. Uh, First here at this radio property, Star Radio Corporation, and then later Dennis and Jeff were a great morning team at Town Square Media. Dennis was very open about his Alzheimer's diagnosis. Some people don't want people to know about that. True. Was he always open about it or did he keep it secret a little while no we uh frankly i knew about it and no one else did i mean his family did uh we just kind of rode through it for about a year and a half two years you have to understand dennis oliver he was meticulous when it came to running the control board if he ever made a mistake, he would be so mad at himself. But he never made mistakes. Hardly ever. Yeah. Hardly ever. You're right about that. And then you started noticing. Well, little things, you know, and uh, off the air, some things that he didn't get done before he had to be back tomorrow. And so, uh, you know, those things started piling up with time. And we had to have, because uh, I was his boss at the yeah. time, which made it even more difficult because he was my best friend. So we had to have a very... Difficult conversation about how long he can continue to be there. You know, radio is his whole life. I mean, he wanted to do that since birth, I think. And uh, that conversation was extremely hard. <laughs> Let me just put it that way. Harder, harder on me than him accepting it, I think, because I knew what that meant to him. You know, and uh, when we finally worked out a plan on how we can make this work with, without people knowing what was going on, we called it a retirement. And um, which is basically what it was, but somewhat forced because of unforeseen circumstances. You know, he was only 58 years old when I started to see things happening with him. And being on the uh, the board of the Alzheimer's Association and having it in my family and several other uh, close friends of mine that I've known are dealing with it and have been dealing with it over the years, I, I could see things that were happening that raised a red flag for me. The conversation when we first talked about it was interesting because he got he got mad because I pointed out some of the mistakes he was making. You know, you don't you never make those, Dennis. You just never did. And he just fought it for a while, and then he became acceptant of it, and he finally went and got a diagnosis after months of when's he going to do that? You know, and I, I understand. I don't think I'd want to do that either to hear the real truth of what was going on with him. And once he found that out, it became obvious to him that, you know, there was going to be a time period where he's going to have to stop. But I had to force that a little quicker than he wanted it. Right. Those things are very difficult. And like you said, um, first and foremost, part of the problem is 
nobody didn't like Dennis Oliver. He didn't have an enemy in the world. He exactly. was a happy-go-lucky and carefree person. I don't care if everybody on staff didn't like somebody. Dennis would find something good to say about them, yep. even me. And so, you know, <laughs> it was great. Um, Dennis was just one of those people that... And he never made mistakes. He was always very professional. So to see him deteriorate before your eyes, and here you are, his best friend, you're his morning show partner, but you're his boss. Yeah. People used to say about me and Steve, how can you be so mean to him on the air? You know, how mm. can he be your boss? I said, oh, trust me, at 10 o'clock, when he tells me to do something, I do it. But this is a little you know, gig shtick we have going yeah. on here. You know, yeah. I said, you can't take too much of that seriously. So when did Dennis decide that because he was a public figure, because everybody knew and loved him, he could actually do good by admitting that he had this terrible physical ailment and maybe encourage other people to find out or to get treatment? Well, I prompted that in that I was on the Alzheimer's Association board, you know, here locally. And we, like I said, I'm pretty well versed on what to look for and how things go with this. And I said, you know, here's what's going to happen to you down the road. Okay. Now, you you made the, the choice here. We made the choice basically that you know you're you're going to have to get off the air. It was like a year later or so. Uh, he was in my office and I said, "Yeah, I have a question for you." And I, knowing who you are and how many people know who you are, uh, you would be a, an absolute perfect spokesperson for dealing with this if you're interested in doing it. I mean, and I told him all the ramifications of that. When you go out and say something, then every time you go out someplace, somebody's going to come up to you and say, well, I heard you, you're dealing with it. I'm so sorry. You have to deal with that every time you go out in the public. That's not easy. Sometimes you want to forget about that. You don't want to think about it. You just want to be who you are. But for him, to, he, it's difficult anyway because people are going to stop him anyway. And they do you, and they did me for a long time, and they still do for all of us. But, you know, but when you're dealing with a, a, an affliction like this, People are going to be up there and talking about it with you, whether you're having lunch or breakfast someplace or just meeting them out in public. You don't want to talk about that all the time. You want to get it off your mind a little bit, I would think. And uh, I told them this is what you're going to have to deal with. And if you're willing to accept that, I think you'd be a perfect candidate. He thought about it, and he came back and said, I'll do that. I'll do that. And I said, you know, you'll be helping not only yourself, but thousands of other people that are dealing with this. Now, maybe there's not thousands of people who have Alzheimer's in this community, but there's thousands of people who are affected by it. They have somebody in their family. Oh, and and yeah. here's the problem. Uh, no matter where Dennis Oliver went, even after retirement, people were going to know who he was or were going to talk to him. And when they walked away saying, that guy is a little bit, like, not with it. Yeah. You know, after a while, people do know there's something wrong with you. Did you have a stroke? You know, what's... There's always this question. My father went through this. He had Parkinson's disease, and he retired when he was 70. And he could always speak, but his voice got real soft. Mm -hmm. And it just was harder for him to carry on a conversation. And he didn't like to go out in public because everybody wanted to talk to him. Yeah. And it wasn't that he didn't enjoy people talking to him, but he was always so embarrassed because he couldn't really express himself very well. Yeah. And he felt like he wanted to be remembered as the old news anchor that everybody knew that was with it and happening, not some feeble, shaking old man. Um, and, uh, you know, I've been very open about my own mental health struggles. And I think I have helped people by saying, hey, I've had this. Sure. I take medication. Um, so when you choose to come forward or not come forward, you know, it's a very personal choice. Um, Dennis was in a situation where 
it was obvious something was wrong yeah. with Dennis. You just didn't necessarily know what was wrong. Well, with people Dennis. would come up to us and I, you know, talk to Dennis, and, and Dennis was, "Do I know you?" Or, or you know, he do something. With the, and then these people, he knew most of his life. Yeah. And they all didn't know what was going on. Would look at me like, "What's wrong with him?" You know what happened. You and know? it's your then. Is it my responsibility to say, "Here's what's yeah, wrong with him"? Yeah. And I, I kind of. I covered it as best I could. You know, he's just dealing with some issues right now, but he'll be all right, you know, until everybody was aware of it. Because it's not my place to tell the whole public about it. No, and that's why I'm glad you had that discussion with him, because once he said yes, I would like to be a face Mm -hmm. of this disease for as long as I can, as long as I'm capable of understanding what's happening to me. Because, unfortunately, at the end, Dennis was not Dennis, as we knew him. He was not Dennis. He was... Not Dennis, but that's okay. But you know, all as long as I've known him, and as long as all of his other friends know him, and some of them longer than I did, uh, Dennis was kind of aloof. You know, he would just he rolled with the punches. And, he didn't talk a lot about his personal life. No, not at all. But he always had a good time. He's always interested in your life. Yeah, having, he always wanted to know about you and yeah. what you were interested, and he wanted yep. to play good music and have a good time. Yeah, have fun. Let's just have fun. Yeah, quote unquote. But, you know, he would uh, he would be that kind of, you know, he forgot this, or that's just Dennis. You know, but now as it progressed into where it went to, you know, that may have just been forgetfulness all along, you know, and and, and all of a sudden he's dealing with a disease now. But as he got into that part, you know, it became more difficult and frustrating for him because he knew he had issues. There's a point where, as an Alzheimer's victim, you're aware that you have it, and slowly but surely, you don't know you've got it. You become the different person all of a sudden, and you think, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I don't remember him. Never knew that person. You know, for 25 years. And in the last few years, it was very difficult because he, it was at that point where me and his family didn't know, and you, you think he might might know something. He was wasn't very uh, vocal at that last couple of years of his life, where you can make out what he was trying to say. You know, go visit him at the the nursing home where they were taking great care of him. But, you know, it it was just a totally different person. And people who deal with Alzheimer's know exactly what I'm talking about when you get to that point. It's so hard for the caregiver. And that's why when he came forward and said he would would put his name out there and try to help raise more money, and we did raise more money because of that, Uh, he had his own Dennis Oliver team that, and he had these um, confused shirts with a caricature of Dennis on them. I mean, that's typical Dennis. You know, I saw that and I just started laughing so hard I was crying because it was because funny. he was make, you know he was taking a very adverse situation and turning it into a lighthearted. There's nothing you can do. Let's it have is some what fun. It is. Yep. Let's have some fun, as yep. Dennis always used to say. Yeah. And so now Dennis has passed, and um, this will continue on though, using his good name to try to raise money for the Alzheimer's Association. And the thing that's so great about this, Jeff, is the last time I had somebody from the Alzheimer's Association on, they were talking about a new breakthrough in drugs now that may it won't cure Alzheimer's. They haven't found a cure yet. Mm-hmm. They really haven't found a prevention yet, but this slows down yeah. the progression. So there is, there is help on the way. There are strides that are being made, and a lot of that is because of... Um, advocacy and money that is being raised for Alzheimer's Association. Some of that money goes to research and some of it goes to help caregivers and for adaptive things to help people. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, 
Uh, we're going to continue our conversation with Jeff Dorsey, former morning man on WTAD Radio, my radio husband, as I like to call him many years ago until he divorced me. And uh, we'll talk about Dennis Oliver, another one of my radio husbands. By the way, thanks, me too. thanks for not asking for alimony. Yeah, yeah. Well, I knew you worked in radio. You couldn't afford it. What was the point of trying to get... But I also knew that you needed it. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for caring. <laughs> We're back, 933, and Jeff Dorsey is my guest today. Yes, if you're turning in your radio, you did not, you aren't in a time <laughs> tunnel. You're not back in the, whatever, the 1980s or whatever when we did our show together. I'm not following 90s. Bill Shalane or anything like no, that. No, that's right. Uh, <laughs> but Jeff has a very big uh, heart, and one of the causes that he has always supported is the Alzheimer's Association. And ironically... After knowing everything there is to know about Alzheimer's, being right on top of it, helping raise so much money, your best friend in the whole world, you help him get an Alzheimer's diagnosis. You help him through that, and you were there with him until the last days of his life, even though he no longer knew who you were and couldn't relate to you in any way, which, of course, for you, I know, was heart-wrenching, and it is heart-wrenching. Um, you know, when the people that you love the most don't even know who you are anymore, and sometimes they're afraid of you, and sometimes they're real happy, but they just don't know who you are. You're just somebody they just met. Mm -hmm. So it's very difficult. But we're fighting Alzheimer's by raising money. And uh, the first annual tribute to Dennis Oliver, former radio announcer, the first annual Dennis Oliver Mardi Gras party will be held at one event venue at 7th and Hampshire this Saturday night in Quincy at 6 p.m., the band members only will be performing at 8 p.m. Admission is just $10, and uh, they're just going to have fun and, and celebrate Mardi Gras. And talk about a little bit about what's on the agenda that night. Yeah, well, it's an 80s band, and they're they're uh, really good members only. They, they pack the place when they, they show up, and that's pretty cool. So we hope that'll be the case uh, coming up this Saturday. So uh, $10 to get in is nothing anymore. I mean, and, and there'll be, you know, beverages available for purchase and all that kind of stuff. But the whole idea is to dress up in your Mardi Gras outfits. Purple, and, gold, and green. Yeah, there you go. And, uh, you know, and just have a good time, which, which is what Dennis would want us all to have. You know, let's have some fun. Which now, is, Dorsey, don't go around asking <clears throat> girls if they want beads, okay, because that's, that's inappropriate. You're the first person to tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> that's because most girls don't say no to Jeff Dorsey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, uh, Tell me more about your shiny baubles. What do I have to do to get them? Uh, let's just say I've, I've, I've had plenty tell me not to do it. <laughs> You've had plenty tell you not to do it. Oh, my gosh. So, so it's just going to be a fun night. Um, now, where does the money go? It goes to the Alzheimer's Association here, the local uh, the walk that they're holding, and that will be in September. Um, there's a walk in Hannibal as well, a walk in Quincy in the area, so there's two walks. Quincy one is in September late, I think the 23rd or 4th. I don't have the date in front of me, but I'm not sure when the Hannibal one is being held. But it makes no difference no matter where there's a walk. And there's one in Jacksonville, and McComb has one as well. So uh, we, we hope people will support the walks when they come up in their communities. And, uh, you know, like we said, the, the, the money goes for research, also goes to help thing. I was talking to you off the air about when I would, Dennis and I would uh, I'd pick them up every week and we'd go to lunch for a while for a couple, couple three years we did that. Different places just to get him out of the house, take him for a ride in the car or whatever, and uh, you know he would he would struggle with ordering food, 
and one of the things that the Alzheimer's Association have are little little cards they give you, like business cards. And if you take someone who is dealing with Alzheimer's to lunch or something, you can pass that on to the waiter or waitresses, and they'll read that and realize that your guest is dealing with that. So when they have a difficulty in ordering, or they may order twice, or say, I didn't order that or whatever, they'll understand. Uh, hopefully they'll be you know, patient and understand you know, this is why that person did that. Right. You know, if I would do it or something or you would do it, they'd say, well, those, those stupid radio people think they're better than anything else they want. Yeah. Why does he blame want three entrees? Me. Well, if he ordered them, I'm going to bring them to him. And yeah. then you get the bill and you're like, what? You know, I couldn't possibly eat all this food. Well, so little things like that. Yeah, you know, cards. those cards are great because yeah. sometimes you're with somebody and you take them to the grocery store. You see, people with Alzheimer's still want to be out and about. They still want to interact. Yep. They just can't as fully. I guess you have to really understand, the last time I really had any meaningful conversation with Dennis, um, I ran into him at Home Depot. Now, Dennis knew who I was, mm-hmm. and we started talking, but Im- I knew he already, I already knew he had Alzheimer's, but immediately I realized that Dennis's ability to carry on a modern-day conversation with me was going to be zero. Difficult, yeah. You know, yeah. and that... Mostly what we could talk about were things that had happened 20 years ago, you know, Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And that happens, you know, sometimes. Or sometimes they know that they know you, but they have no idea how they know you. And, again, you might have to prompt them. And even then, if they don't remember, don't be upset because, you know, no matter – I mean, I was a part of his day-to-day life every day for a decade or whatever. Yeah, you had a stiff neck for at least 10 years, didn't you? That's the good story. See, Dennis sat on my right – and Jeff sat on my left, and I sat in the middle between these two in a, in a soundproof booth. And I actually went to the eye doctor, and my eye doctor said, your vision in your left <laughs> eye is deteriorating, but your vision in your right eye is getting better. And yeah. I said, well, how can that happen? He said, well, believe it or not, is there something in your left field of vision that you're trying to avoid or that causes you annoyance? I said, well, yes, Jeff Dorsey sits on my left. He said, Causing annoyance, yes. Is there something in your right field of vision that you wish to see more clearly and see more often? I said, yes, Dennis Oliver. So I was, my mind was blocking you out. For mentally, years. I was checking out. I, I checked out on you mentally. For years. For years. And, you know, uh, <laughs> and, and then I think after, after years of working with you, I, I met you out someplace, I don't know where, it might have been a restaurant or something, and I actually got to know what you look like. <laughs> I was always looking at Dennis. Never, Jeff never saw my face. If you would have turned time. around, I would have certainly known who I was talking to. All I knew was what the back of my head looked like from all those years as I'm staring at Dennis. You know, it is so that, hard. That's a true story, by the it way. It is. Folks. It is a true story. My left eye is is worse. But the funny thing about it is, it, even now as we're saying this, we're laughing about Dennis. It's hard to imagine he's not here. But, of course, the Dennis we remember hasn't been here for a while, and now he's in heaven. Thank goodness his journey is over, and he's, re- he's met his reward, because you will never find a kinder, greater man. Yep. But it is amazing how many people will remember something Dennis said on the radio or an act of kindness that he did when he was at a remote meeting people, because meeting Dennis Oliver, people mm-hmm. like, can I go up and talk to him? I'm like, yeah, you well, can go just say hi to kids him. kids at the D.A.R.E. program that he always goes to, yeah. or always went to. 
you know, it's just, he, he did a lot of things. Yeah, so. he was really very active. And now, even though he didn't want to be a spokesperson for Alzheimer's, that was Jeff Dorsey's gig. Yeah. He is a spokesperson for Alzheimer's posthumously. So the Quincy Hannibal area will always remember Dennis Oliver, D.O., uh, he is gone, but not forgotten. So if you've got 10 bucks in your pocket, do you have to buy tickets in advance, or no, can you just you can, show up at the door? You get them at the door. Okay, 6 o'clock, the door's open. There'll be, will there be food for sale, or just uh, just open bar? I just, the bar is all I know about, okay. which is normal for me. Which is normal. Of course, he only knows about the things he's actually going to do. What else? Oh, what did um, Bruce Terstig, he wanted me to ask you a question. Now I can't remember what the question was, since I was going to have you here. Today, I guess we'll just end about with this. Dennis. About anything, oh. just tell me a great Dennis Oliver story, so the people, oh my. people will just get the gist. I'll tell mine first, and you think of yours. Okay, go okay. ahead. Dennis was so nice and so kind and such a gentleman. I mean, this was the perfect gentleman. And one day, I'm reading the news, and Dennis is never paying attention to what I'm saying, and I'm done with my little newscast and. Dennis goes, um, oh, I heard you talking about that ACT test they take for college. And I said, yeah, Dennis. He goes, I took that test. I said, well, good for you. He goes, yeah, I took that test. He goes, um, I think I got a 14 on it. I said, well, that's good. He goes, is it really good? I thought, well, what should I say? You know, I said, well, um, Dennis, um, 18 is average. So, you know, 14 is good. And Dennis goes, oh, I guess I should have studied more. I said, well, Dennis, you can't study for it. It's just a general knowledge test, like an IQ test. Didn't have enough music questions. Oh, yeah, probably. didn't have enough music questions on it. <laughs> Dennis goes, oh, I, I guess I should have studied. I said, Dennis, Dennis, don't worry about it. Nobody thinks you're stupid. I said, Dennis, let's face it. These tests don't really tell you anything. I said, Dennis, if you go by the test scores, then I'd be twice as smart as you are. And everybody knows I'm three times smarter than you are. And he just laughed. Because, you know, only Dennis could step in and then have you just bang him to the ground. And he bops back up and, was, and took it like a champ, you know. But it was so funny. It was hysterical. But always stuff like that was always happening. Dennis was always, you know, saying things and, and just, you know, making me laugh every morning. Well, there's a million of them I could probably tell, but the, the one is the, the bridal expos we used to do. <laughs> yeah. And Which, many of Dennis's fans would show up hoping they could become Mr. Dennis. Yeah, uh, but we'd have to, you know, get tuxedos, and, and, and that was not Dennis's forte. <laughs> and uh, he would, one day he... You know, you get your tuxedo like on Friday or Wednesday before the Saturday event. Right. So you go home and try it on, make sure if they need any alterations, they'll be ready to go for you on Saturday. Well, not Dennis. Not Dennis. And he grabbed the tuxedo and he just went home and put it on Saturday. And, you know, the, the pants are all the way up to the calf. <laughs> because Dennis is very tall. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, he didn't. He got the wrong pants, apparently. But he never tried it on, so he didn't know until he got there. And nor did he put them on at the house. He put them on at the show. <laughs> so he comes That's walk, all he has to wear. He, he comes walking out with his pants up to his calves. He's got he's got shoes that are too small, so he's walking barefoot <laughs> with a tuxedo that did fit up at the top with the vest and the. The tie and the, the whole bit. Oh, everything looked perfect from from the waist up, but down the bottom, it looked like he came from the Louisiana Bayou. <laughs> <or> something. <laughs> you go, where's your shoes? He said, they don't fit. You can't walk around barefoot like this. <laughs> so, I, I think the people, if I remember the end of this, the, the, the tuxedo folks, 
ran back and, ran got, back and, got, and got him some black slacks to fit him or something. But, you know, he came out of there looking like, you're not going to sell a tuxedo looking like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was him. Gentlemen, uh, if your bride says you have to wear a tuxedo, go Dennis Oliver style. Oh Just my. up from the waist up, you're complying from the waist down, you're Jethro Bodine. And, you know, and the truth be known, and I said this during the, the, the Celebration of Life event, neither one of us wanted to be there for those bridal expos. You know, because the two of us, we, the two of us weren't good in the marriage department, okay? <laughs> And the last thing we want to do is stand out there and and and, and, and encourage men yeah, to put on a yeah. tuxedo and walk down the aisle. Yeah. Oh, you might be making yep. a big mistake. Yeah. <laughs> we be passing out lawyer cards for the guy. <laughs> that was the booth sponsored by Jeff. Yep. Easy go, easy come, easy go. Well, we every, we did them for like twenty years, I think. You know, and it's like. Oh, my, we got to do this again? It was like in January or February, I forget. But the girls loved it. Oh, and yeah. They, and yeah. so many ladies, well, we won't go there, but, you know, when you are a radio star, and Dennis was one, and he was so nice to everybody, a lady showed up in her own bridal gown one day and wanted Dennis to marry her right there at the bridal show. Yeah, I don't happen. know what excuse he used, but he didn't <laughs> it tie didn't, the knot with it. It didn't happen. We, it didn't happen. I think I probably lassoed him and pulled him away. <laughs> Get away from this. Yeah. <laughs> well, everybody, Saturday night, it's the Dennis Oliver Mardi Gras party. Let's have some fun. The 80s band members only will be performing at one event center. The doors open at 6. Cash bar is open. Uh, the band takes the stage at 8. Everybody come out. Honor Dennis Oliver. Help with the local chapter of the Alzheimer's Association, which does so much to help families that are in need of um, help with Alzheimer's. The caregivers need. The research goes for the, for the people that have it. The research is great. For the families that are dealing with it, the support is fantastic. Thank you very much, Jeff Dorsey. You bet. Thank you very much. Well, we are back, and uh, I don't know. I thought I had a second guest for the Mary Griffith Show, but we have 10 extra minutes. And if I've got Jeff Dorsey in front of a microphone, I'm going to use my 10 extra minutes to, uh, you know, maybe talk about some different stories and stuff. Um, now I'm scared to death. Well, I know one thing that you and Dennis Oliver did together, and, and it happened before I started working with you, but I remember, I think my first day of work was on March 17th at this radio station, and one of the first events I participated in was the St. Patrick's Day Parade. And that's kind of interesting. You guys were just goofing off one morning, and there was an article about the world's shortest St. Patrick's Day Parade or something like that, and well, you decided you could beat it? Well, we were, I saw the, the New York Parade on TV. Okay, and I, and I, there's a great parade New York does for it. But I said, you know, we need to do something here. Maybe we can make the Guinness Book of World Records for the world's smallest St. Patrick's Day parade. <laughs> Just you and me, Dio. And he looked at me like, you're nuts. <laughs> he always looked at you like well, that. I know that. He probably got tired of seeing you every time he turned around. <laughs> but anyway, I said, no, I'm serious about that. We we could do, you and I just walk down the street in, in our Irish stuff and, and uh, be in the, the Guinness Book of World Records. Well, we did. We started walking down the street, and the cop stopped us. We can't, we can't walk on the street. We don't have a, a, a permit. permit. You have to walk on the sidewalk. We didn't know anything about permits, so we got on the sidewalk and finished it. 
And then the next year we had people join us, like 50 or 60 people, and the thing blew up to 100 entries, and when it was all over 36 years or 34 years later, uh, you know, we're still doing the parade. But long story short is I submitted in the entry for the Guinness Book, and it, apparently it didn't make it, so there must be a one-man parade someplace. I think so. they have to actually <clears throat> physically come and physically see you do it or something do it? like that. Yeah, but what a great idea. So you just started walking down the middle of Main Street, I guess. Yeah. We walked the other way. We walked out of the WCU building. That's when the studios <laughs> were, were there. And we were traffic. heading toward the junior high, mm-hmm. you know, and that's how we were going to finish at 12th Street. And <laughs> I, don't, I think we got to like about 8th Street and the cop had driven by and pulled, what are you guys doing? And I told him we're having a parade. And he looked at me like, oh, boy. <laughs> Consult your logbook. Surely you noticed <laughs> yeah. that we're having a parade. Well, <laughs> surprised. Now, it, really, I'm surprised you couldn't talk him into giving you an escort. I'm surprised he didn't pull escort, out. Escort? I think he called for backup. <laughs> Two strange middle-aged men are walking yeah. down the street. They're dressed up in green garb and looking silly. Green. But that's how the, the birth of the St. Patrick's Parade took place. And I had no idea we'd do it 34 years later, and people were joining, building floats and oh, walking yeah, their dogs. Oh, something really fantastic and, and great for the city of Quincy. Yeah. And, yeah. and then the pandemic hit, and that was the end yeah. of it. So. You know, it, it's wonderful, though, because... In when you have the microphone, the power of the microphone, and I people say, "Oh, Mary, everybody knows you." Oh, Mary, you do this, you do that. I say, I really don't do it. It's the power of this microphone. Mm-hmm. Whatever station you work at, you have the power of the microphone, and to be able to do good for people yeah. with that power of the microphone. Share some other stories. Obviously, you used your microphone for the good of the Alzheimer's Association. You started the St. Patrick's Day Parade that lifted the spirits of people. Uh, You were involved in a lot of things. Crime Crime Stoppers. stoppers. Yeah, we just had our our trivia night, which I could not make. Uh, But it was a success. Were you on the team? Were you no, there? Quaid was there. I saw. No, I'm. Oh, you were dancing. at the Dancing with the Stars. I was stars. at the, the I saw, Dancing saw the, with the Stars. You were all over the place, Mary. Yeah. I mean, oh, I'm on social media now, thanks to Quaid. He thinks <laughs> it's important to post things every day, and I'm like, nobody wants to know what I look like. I'm a tall, thin blonde on I, radio. I didn't realize Let's it was you because I saw your face. If it was the back of your head <laughs> with Quaid, I would have known right away who it was. <laughs> no, but you know, you're right. You know, this microphone gives you some some opportunities that most people don't have. And, you know, what you do with it makes a big difference. Some people can handle it. Some can't. Well, if you think you're big stuff in Quincy, Illinois, you've got a real problem. I mean, you know. You are big stuff in Quincy, Illinois. Well, okay. But if you think that's going to get you into the Newport Yacht Club on Pasco, it's kind of funny. Point is, there are a lot of people who would love to be able to to, uh, promote things and and help raise funds for their little organisms, whether it's church things or whatever. Uh, don't have that chance, but when you can, when you can support it, like this thing coming Saturday, I'm, I'm helping to do that. I'm not putting this event on. Right, but, you don't have to. But you're just involved because people know. Yeah. Jeff can go around and talk to all the media outlets. Jeff was friends with Dennis. This is a tribute to Dennis. This would be perfect, but, you know, nobody expects you to be the organizer of every single thing. Um, nor do you. Do, nor do you have time. Nor do you have the time. But I do enjoy. The power of the microphone. I can choose, you know, some topics that I want to promote, um, shed a light on some things that are kind of unsung, and I think that's always really, really important. But you have seen it all in your radio career, and here we are now. WTAD is 99 years old. Yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? It is amazing. It was uh, 60-something when I came. Yeah, (laughs) it's just amazing that, you know, really, um, I've been here for over half my life. 
uh, at this radio station. And so it, who would have thought that, number one, you know, I'd stay that long, or number two, that I would go through, like I said, all these radio husbands. Yeah. i go through them like water. Um, what are some of the more, you know, heartwarming stories, things you've been able to do, or, or people that that you've been able to touch their life or that have touched you because of um, what's going on? Well, that's a good question. I mean, there was a, a couple, this was back in the 80s, who had lost their Social Security money, believe it or not. Mm. And they they uh, they didn't, they, you know, they get their paycheck every month. And they were living on that, apparently, an older couple. And I got caught wind of it. And it was a situation where I made mention of it on the air, where they've been. They, they told me where they were. You know, is there any way you can help us get? Well, I don't, and when they called me, like, I, I, what am I going to be able to do about that? But I said, well, if you tell me where you were, I can mention where you've been and people can keep an eye out for it. Give me an envelope or something, she said. I'm trying to remember all the details of it. But long story short is I, I got there where they were traced around and uh, where they had been that day. And I made mention of it a couple of times on the air. And lo and behold, somebody found it and turned it in. And that just made their day. Well, it made my day. Yeah. Because, you know, they're, I could tell over the phone how distraught they were because they lived off that, you know. And they were just apparently struggling unless they had that. So, And, you know, to be able to use your airwaves and do things like that makes everything. You know, you're, you're helping one or two people right there, okay, maybe a family. But... You know, the other things you help thousands of people do. You know, you get people involved in, in all kinds of stuff. And that's why local is so important. Oh, it's huge. And it's important. not really which radio station you listen to. It's that local is so important. <clears throat> what is your take on them trying to get AM radio out of cars and It's trucks? ridiculous. It Absolutely so ridiculous. ridiculous. It, it, nothing that got me attracted to radio, uh, uh, it was the fact that I could put it on at night and I could hear New Orleans. I could hear Atlanta. I could hear Denver. I could hear KMOX. You know, or WABC in New York. I mean, these these clear channel stations. That was fun to listen to at night, and I got interested in that. You know, and that's part of why I do what I'm doing. But. Part of why he does what he's doing, folks. Um, if you can support the Alzheimer's Association in honor of Jeff's best friend, uh, Dennis Oliver, and I know that Jeff misses him every day. And Dennis Oliver passed in December, and they're having the first annual tribute to Dennis Oliver Mardi Gras party. This Saturday night at One Event Center, 7th in Hampshire and Quincy. Doors open at 6. The band members only plays at 8. And uh, all the money goes to the local chapter to help local causes right here. Thank you so very much. Thank you, Mary.